We pray, Lord, and thank you for your grace, your mercy. We ask, Lord, that you visit us in this time, Lord. Bless our time in your word. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says, Amen. Hallelujah. Right, now just... First of all, about three or four people and just welcome them into church and after that you may take your seat. Shower down, shower down. to see all of you again. Amen. And um, you all look very warm and very <laughs> cool. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God bless you for coming to church. Amen. I want to challenge you every Sunday morning, call one or two people and invite them to come to church. Amen. I believe that God will bless you for that. Amen. Some people just need to be prompted. You know, some people just need to be reminded. Today I reminded someone to go to church and um, he told me something he was trying to achieve. So, um, the Lord gave me a verse. You know, maybe you should turn to it. Psalm 37. And I shared that verse with him, Psalm 37, and um, what does it say in Psalm 37 and verse number four? Psalm 37 and the verse number four. Psalm 37. It says, delight and the thyself. Verse in the Lord, also in the Lord. And he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. says, delight thyself in the Lord, also in the Lord. So God has provided for us a shortcut in the Lord to get in the things we want. But we often do just the opposite. That rather than coming close to him because of what we want, we go far from him because of what we want. And that takes us further and further because then the enemy uses that to keep you away from the Lord. Do you see? And when it comes to the Lord, a human being is hopeless without the Lord. Do you get it? We, don't, we are not designed to live lives that are not connected to our maker for long. It won't be long before you start to mess up. It won't be long before you start to not function 
like you're supposed to function. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like your phone, it can do well off the charger, but for a while, <laughs> only a little bit. And it won't be long before you realize that you can't, you know, I, I, I have one of these Apple watches that I wear sometimes. And off the charge, I can keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. And then at a the point, I can't tell the time anymore. <laughs> you still have the watch, but you don't know the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's been too long since it got separated from its charger. Are you getting the picture? So we're not designed to operate away from our maker. Unless you don't want to be honest, but if you're honest, you will start to see that the further you go away from God, the worse you become. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I want to encourage all of us to rather return to the Lord. Look at the next verse. The next verse says, whatever you're doing, commit thy way unto the Lord. So if you think you have a way, that's why you're going away from the Lord. It says rather, come to the Lord and commit the way to him. Can you see that? Then it says, then you must trust also in him and he shall bring it to the Lord and commit the way to him. Can you see that? Can you see that? Then you must God will bring your way to pass. God will bring your way to pass. God will help you. Hallelujah. God will help you. He says, in, uh, it says, commit thy way unto the Lord to pass. Also God and will help bring you. It to pass. So Hallelujah. you will get ahead faster with the Lord than without the Lord. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Look at another one. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 6. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6. You see, what does it say? Proverbs chapter 6 and verse Three verse three. Says, in all thy ways, what acknowledge him. You see, so God never meant Proverbs. for us to abandon him because of a way. A way is like a plan, a vision, something you're trying to accomplish. Do you see? It, it was never his intention that because you have something to do or because something important has come up in your life or something like that, then you set him on the side. You see, God is not someone we serve because we have time or that we set him on the side. We, we serve God because we essentially need him. Can you understand that? Yes, it, 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 is, it is God who sustains us. Without him, we are nothing. In fact, Jesus said it, without me, you can do nothing. Do you get it? Do you, have you seen this verse? Read it, read it, please. In all thy ways, everybody read it. In all in fact, thy Jesus ways, said it, without acknowledge me, acknowledge him. And he shall do what? Have you seen this verse? Direct your path. Read it, read it, please. Hallelujah. Ways, God will direct your path as you acknowledge him. 
So whatever you are doing, you need to involve God. In fact, the more, the busier you get, the more you need to involve God in what you're doing. Can I have an amen? amen? Right? Now, another one. Look at another one. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah, Jeremiah is here today. <laughs> Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23. He said, Oh Lord. <laughs> I know that the way of man is not in himself. Chapter 10. Can you see that? Verse 23. That is to say, (laughs) it is not in man that the way of man is not in himself. Chapter 10. Can you see that? Verse 23. Did you get that? He says, oh Lord, I know. This is a knowledge that many people don't have. Hey. (laughs) serious action going on in the back oh lord I know that the way of man is not in himself in the back do you understand? Oh Lord, it is not I in man that that walk the way the one who is walking it is not in him to direct his steps are you getting it? It's like a car that moves, and you say, yeah, the car moves, but without a driver, the car cannot go where it wants to go. Do you see? Yeah. These days, they are trying to make autonomous uh, vehicles and so on, but even those need to be told where they are going. It is not like you sit in the car. Where we are going it's not in the car that moveth. The car is the one that's going to take you there. But where we are going, it's not, the address is not in him. <laughs> Does it make sense? Yeah. So it is very important that we as human beings or anybody that fits the species called man. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, man. Man means both male and female, isn't it? That's why women are called women. It's a type of man. (laughs) You get it? Yeah. It's like when you do man one point something, then you get woman, something like that. (laughs) Yeah, because man was made first. So that's 1.0, isn't it? Then woman was made out of man. So (laughs) 1.1. Or two point man, man. Pastor Monena, what should it be? What, what you tell me? What 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 is what is the program? Should what should it be called? The one that we develop out of the original one we have made. What should it be called? So if man, the original one is one point zero, then the upgrade <laughs> one point one. <laughs> W O. <laughs> so, no matter which version and which designation we assign it, the Bible says it is not in yourself to bring anything to pass. Are you getting it? We must not underestimate 
our dependence on God. Amen. Amen? We must not underestimate it. And that is why we need to delight ourselves in him. No matter what is going on in your life, don't set God aside, ever. Don't set God aside. Find a space for God in whatever you're doing. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And the Bible says he will bring it to pass. One more verse. John 15. John chapter 15. Let's read that one. These are just bonus verses for Sunday morning. Amen. They are just uh, Christian verses that everybody must know. Amen. John chapter 15 and verse 5. He says, I am the vine verses he that are the branches must know. Amen. He that abideth John in me chapter and I in him and the same bringeth he says, forth much fruit the vine for without me are the branches must know. Amen. He that abideth John in me chapter and I in him and without me what? Ye can do nothing. Yeah. So you can do but the result is nothing. <laughs> do, you, do you see what I'm saying? Have you seen someone who is doing, but is doing nothing? <laughs> There's no point to what they are doing. I think we've all been there before. I mean, sometimes you drive all the way somewhere and find out the shop is closed. You did, but at the end, it's nothing. <laughs> do you see the thing? Yeah. You do, you put in the effort, you put in the energy, you put in the strength, you travel the distance, you pay the money, but at the end of it, you find out that it came to nothing. Hallelujah. So we must be careful to do with him, isn't it? So do, but do it with him, because without him, you can do, but nothing. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So be blessed by those few verses and um, let's go into today's message. Amen. Now today, I want to begin sharing with you. We're going into a season of sharing about prayer. Amen. And so we are sharing from the book, How to Pray. Amen. So if you have your book, you can just open it and follow along as we share. Hallelujah. But chapter one, we talk about if you are too busy to pray, then you are too busy. Amen. If you are too busy to pray, then you are too busy. Amen. If you are too busy to pray, then you are too busy. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? In other words, if prayer cannot find a place in your life because you're busy, not because you don't believe in prayer, not because um, you don't think prayer is necessary, but you just are too busy to pray, then you have crossed the line. <laughs> Do you see the thing? Yes, you have crossed 
the line. You've gone to a place where human beings should not go to. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. And there are certain things in life that no one should be too busy to do. What do you think? Like what? <laughs> like prayer. <laughs> okay, apart from prayer. <laughs> you think taking a bath, right? You think washing your body is important. And so if you're too busy to wash your body, you're too busy. Okay. <laughs> Some people need to hear that. <laughs> Don't worry, they're all online. <laughs> Hallelujah. What else do you think a person must by all means make time for apart from prayer? What? Buying gas for your car. If you're too busy to stop at the gas station to put gas in your car, then you are too busy. How many agree? (laughs) Yeah. Then you are too busy. You're too busy. Yesterday I saw a video of somebody trying to put gas in his car. And as he was in the process of putting the gas in the car, some carjackers arrived. Yeah, they arrived. And they were coming to take his car, about four guys in a van. So they parked in some way, you know, across from his car. And they were trying to enter the car. I tell you, the guy took the nozzle of the gas pump (laughs) and began to spray at the guys. I'm telling you, the guys couldn't believe what they met. And their van door was open. I mean, and you know, they they ran everywhere. They ran some, entered back into the car. The guy put the pump inside the car, the van and filled it properly with the gas. (laughs) Wow, I thought that was a very dangerous something. Very, very dangerous for everybody involved, you know. But I found it funny how he took them on. I think they were surprised. (laughs) Right. But anyway, so we're saying that there are some things that you shouldn't be too busy to do, right? Another one is what? You're saying putting gas in your car, washing your body. Another one is what? Eating food. Eating food. Right? So if you are too busy to eat, it, is, it means you've crossed the line. What do you think? <laughs> you are too busy to eat. <laughs> Do you see? And so you just keep going and keep going and keep going. Now you notice from all the examples you're giving, you're saying the person is too busy and should not be so busy that they eliminate that activity. Isn't it? And your reason is that you won't go very far without the activity. Isn't it? Yeah. And so prayer It's one of those things. If you are too busy to pray, then you are too busy. Hallelujah. Now, one of the things about prayer 
you notice about Jesus, you know, make me more and more like Jesus Christ. Now you think of someone like Jesus Christ who has come from heaven, the headquarters of all prayers. Do you, do, you, do you get it? Where prayers are answered from. He has come from there to come and live with us here on earth for just a short period. And yet, when he comes to this earth, one of the things he does is to pray. Can you imagine that? That Jesus is not excused from prayer. Jesus does not excuse himself from praying. Even though he has come from heaven. I mean, then he must know something about prayer. (laughs) That we don't seem to get. Do you see? Yeah. It looks like when God became a man, he himself prayed. Then if men don't pray, then men are missing the point. You are missing something. You don't understand something. Hallelujah. And that is the reason why we are studying this. Because I tell you, if we would get into prayer, I believe that it will make a difference to the outcome of the lives we are living. Hallelujah. Yeah. See, Jesus in um, Luke chapter, Luke chapter, let me just tell you in one second. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. The Bible says, he spake a parable unto them to this end. That means to achieve Luke this, chapter 18 or to teach this that men one. ought always to pray. He speak a parable and not faint. them to this end. Can you see that? That means to achieve Luke this, men chapter 18 or to ought teach this, always that to pray and not faint. So that must be the reason why Jesus Christ himself always prayed. Must be the reason why Jesus did not exclude himself from praying because Jesus is God becoming a man. Do you understand? Jesus is God in the flesh. God coming to the earth. God coming to live like we live. And when Jesus Christ found himself living where we live, eating what we eat, meeting who we meet, having to deal with some of the things we deal with, you know, including taxes and all the other problems that human beings have to deal with. He said men ought always to pray. And so he prayed. Amen. And you find also in Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6, you see an example of Jesus And you praying. find also in Luke chapter 6 Luke and verse 11. It says they were all filled with madness. Example of Jesus And praying. you find also in Luke chapter 6. Luke, they were all filled with 11. what? 
madness. It says they and were all filled with madness. For example, and Jesus and you find also to Jesus. in Luke chapter 6, Luke, they were and all came to us in those madness. days. It says they and were all filled out with madness in mountain of Jesus to pray. And, and pray. you find and also continued in Luke chapter 6, Luke, they were and all came to us in those madness. days. It says they and were all filled out with madness in mountain of Jesus to pray. And so if Jesus is praying all night, again, you see, it's Jesus we are talking about. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah, it's Jesus we are talking about. And he's praying all night, the whole night. Some people think that if you pray all night, you're wasting your time. But I think then it means they don't understand something about being a man. Do you see? Yeah. Or being man, being human. They don't understand it. Because as soon as Jesus found himself as a human being, then what he began to do was to pray. Do you see? He prayed. And he told the story to teach us that men ought always to pray. Men, men are supposed to be praying always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Men are supposed to be praying always, always. Men are, ought always to pray. Uh, they ought to pray. Men ought always to pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So he went out into a mountain to pray. And he continued all night in prayer to God. Hallelujah. The whole night Amen. Jesus was praying. So he went out in Hallelujah. So it must be that prayer is a serious thing that we must do. Are you getting what I'm saying? We must go beyond the perception that prayer is a church activity. That prayer is a religious activity. That prayer is something that the church organizes for people to do. Do you, do you understand? Yeah. And so, when you don't find yourself in church, then you don't pray. Do you see? But you can see the verse says that men ought always to pray, and we're not always in church. So it means much of the prayer will take place outside church. What do you think? Yes. Much of the prayer that is expected of us will take place outside church because we only come to church for a few minutes, once, twice a week. That's it. But the requirement for man is for him to pray always. Isn't it? Yeah. So let's look at Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. Because Daniel is somebody who teaches us a lot about the importance of prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Daniel chapter 6. Now, if we start reading Daniel chapter 6 and from verse 1. Daniel chapter 6. Now, Have you if found, we start found reading Daniel, Daniel chapter 6. And chapter from 6, verse and 1. Verse 1. It says, 
it pleased Darius to Daniel set over the chapter kingdom. six. Now, have you if I have found Daniel, Daniel chapter six and chapter from six, verse and one, which should be one. over the it says, whole it pleased Darius to Daniel set over the chapter kingdom. six. Now, have you if I have found Daniel chapter six and from six. Verse and one. which should be over the whole Darius kingdom. Darius to Daniel set over the kingdom. Now, if I have found over the whole kingdom, of whom Daniel was first, that the three, the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was found in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Amen. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said, Thus to him, King Darius live forever. See, this is another Tertullus type of. <laughs> King Darius live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, the princes, the counselors, and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. <laughs> now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing, that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, Kindarius signed the writing and the decree. Now, verse 10 says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, it means Daniel was aware that the writing had been signed into law. You see, the Bible says he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Hallelujah. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. 
Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Not once, not twice, but what? Three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was so displeased and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree or statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver you. Amen. Amen. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den and the king. I just love reading the story. I hope you're enjoying it. Right? And the king sealed it and with his own signet and with the signet of his lords. That the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him. And his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said unto Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. <laughs> My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him, innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. So you see, sometimes God allows you to go through a situation. You get, it must be very scary to be dropped in a den of lions. Do you understand? 
But when God allows you to go through a difficult patch like that, it is because he has a plan. He just knows how to protect and preserve you in spite of what is happening around you. Are you getting it? Yeah. So he says, because he believed in his God, no manner of hurt was found upon him. And the king commanded and they brought those men which had accused Daniel. And they cast them into the den of lions. Them, their children, and their wives. You need to be careful who you are married to, you know. (laughs) And the lions had the mastery of them. And break all their bones in pieces. Or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Then Kindarius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before God, the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. Hallelujah. He delivereth and rescueth and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Hallelujah. It's a very powerful passage. I think you should clap your hands. Amen. Now, the first point, number one, is that prayer is very important. Hallelujah. Prayer is very important. We're just trying to understand. We just read the story of Daniel, who in the face of a clear decree, a clear law, you know, a law that had been written and passed, signed into law by his president or his, um, 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 whoever the leader is, the king, okay? Yes. And the king had made the law. And there was a clear consequence for breaking the law. Hallelujah. And the consequence was that if you were found praying or breaking that law, you were going to go into a den of lions. They were going to cast you into a den of lions. I tell you, those people hated Daniel so much, you know, (laughs) that... The law didn't even seem to make sense. I mean, can you imagine if we read in the news tomorrow that Congress has come up with um, a suggestion that anybody who prays to any God uh, over the next 30 days, um, uh, except uh, anybody who has a petition of any God over the next 30 days, except President Biden, (laughs) that person will go into the den of lions. Can you imagine a law like that? But... That's what they did because they were setting a trap for someone. Do you see? 
But in the face of such a serious law with such serious consequences, Daniel didn't seem to want to stop praying. Are you getting it? See, the essence of my message tonight, uh, today, is that it seems there's a mystery about prayer that we all need a revelation of. Do you see what I'm saying? That prayer needs to be taken beyond something you are doing to fulfill a religious right or something you are doing because if I don't do it, they'll ask me if I've done it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Even when we have prayer meetings and so on, some people come to the prayer meeting as though they are doing the organizer a favor. You belong to Pastor Charles's Basenta and he's organizing prayer meeting. You know, if I don't come, Pastor Charles is going to call me and you know, you know this, Pastor Charles. He's going to call me and he'll be all over the place and he'll be asking where I am and he wants to know different things that he shouldn't be knowing. <laughs> so let me just go to the prayer meeting. So you find some people just checking in just in time. You know the prayer is going on but you sort of just relax a little bit and just wait. He says you're studying from 7 to 7.45. So around, just around 7.36. Then you start to dial in your Zoom, <laughs> you know, and you start to punch in your Zoom numbers and just around 7.40 you appear, <laughs> you know, yeah, you appear. And even when you appear, first, the first human without your camera, <laughs> yeah, you get it. So the whole thing has a presentation as though you're doing someone a favor. We are attending to be counted. Are you getting what I'm saying? But it seems that people like Daniel had a revelation of prayer which we all need, I tell you. We all need that revelation. We need the understanding that Daniel had that made Daniel decide, no, law or no law, I must pray. Daniel must have been thinking that prayer is so important, so important that if doing it carries the risk of being cast into a lion's den, then to me, they are the same thing. <laughs> Do you understand? That the consequence of not praying to Daniel was either the equivalent of or worse to him than being thrown in a, uh, the, the lion's den. That's why he did it. And there are some things like that. Believe it or not, they may not sound like that. But Jesus said, for example, that what does a man gain if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Do you understand? What Jesus was saying is that there is no prosperity. There's nothing in this world worth Losing your soul for. In fact, in Luke, he says, what is a man advantaged? He said, where, where is the advantage in, in, in it for somebody who gains the whole world and loses his soul? It is one of the things people probably don't believe. That any step 
you take in your life that adds to you, whether it adds money or adds a promotion or adds whatever it brings into your life, but which costs you your soul if it puts you at risk of losing heaven, if it makes you backslide, that thing is not a gain, it is a loss. That's what Jesus was trying to say. That it may seem to you like a gain, but it is a loss. And you see, there are many things that need time to prove themselves. You get it. What I mean is that the loss in it needs time to express itself or to manifest. Do you, do you, do you understand? Like in the story we just read, the eventual outcome actually took time. Do you see? Yes. Because it starts with some people coming together and saying, let's set a trap for this man. Then some people say, no, there's no trap that will work for this guy except we set it around his relationship with his God. And some people say, let's go for it. They do it. They're able to succeed. And they're able to get the king to set the trap and to sign the thing. And it looks at that point like a victory for them. Then comes Daniel, who looks at the law and he continues to pray. So he has broken the law and now the thing looks like their plan is working. But I tell you that that plan just needed time for its folly to manifest. So Daniel is put in the lion's den and it looks like it's the end for Daniel. But it's not over. Then with a little more time, Daniel survives the lion's den. Are you with me? Are you with me? I'm just about to close. I mean, like just literally about to close. So I'm saying that Daniel is in the lion's den and it looks like a victory. And they think Daniel is going to die. And then the next day, the king finds Daniel still alive in the lion's den. Daniel does not die. Wow. Now Daniel comes out of the den. But it's not over. It's not over. Then soon, the king orders that the people who organized Daniel to go into the lion's den, they be rallied together and they and their wives and their children, that's when people will say, I don't know him, he's not my husband. <laughs> I tell you, I can imagine some children saying, me, that's not my father. <laughs> they collected all of them. You see, now what I'm saying is that from day one, when the people started to plan against Daniel, they didn't know that they were plotting their own death. Do you understand? And it just needed time, 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 time. So you see, sometimes you are doing something. Once you are going against what the scripture is saying, only time is needed to prove the scripture right. Are you getting what I'm saying? That what he says, when you gain the whole world, they give you everything you want. Because it's usually because we want something. We want something. We want money. 
We want security. We want fame. We want green card. We want a marriage. We want children. So many different things that we want. For which reason we trade our souls. And you find us backsliding as we pursue those things. And I'm saying that even your backsliding is not the end of the story. Just give it time, time, and you will realize you've been a fool. Are you getting it? Yes. Can you imagine how these people felt? The day that the king signed their writing into law and Daniel was put in the lion's den, I can imagine them rejoicing and, and feeling very good and saying, we got the man. <laughs> we got the man. I tell you, we got him, finally. I mean, high-fiving each other. They didn't know that the story was just halfway through. We were just in the middle part of the story. So there are many things like that when it comes to God. And prayer is one of those things. That Daniel seemed to have an understanding that, look, prayer is important. Prayer is important. And no one has an excuse for not praying. That if you are too busy to pray, you are just too busy. And you need to watch it because it's a dangerous place to be if you're called man. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. It means a job is not good enough reason not to pray. It means babies are not good enough reason not to pray. It means school is not a good enough reason not to pray. It means work is not good enough reason not to pray. There is no reason under the sun that qualifies and exempts you from prayer. Because when Jesus came from heaven himself, this is one of the guys who answers prayers in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> when he came to the earth he, he used to find time to pray yeah he would get up and go somewhere and go and pray because he knew that man 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 is not designed to survive without prayer are you getting the picture yes we are not designed to survive without praying. Yes. And Daniel did it three times a day. And the Bible says he did it, he did so as he did a four time. Look at this, verse 10. It says, and when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled down upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did a four time. As he did a four time means that Daniel had a habit of praying like this. It wasn't the crisis that was sending Daniel into prayer. Can you see that? He was not praying because he was in trouble. Are you getting it? But what is also interesting is that unknown to Daniel, there was trouble brewing up for him. 
Do you see the thing? That Daniel had a habit of praying which was not connected to his problems. But on the other hand, Daniel also had real problems that were actually leading eventually to his death. There was a real issue brewing up, a conspiracy being put together with the ultimate aim of ending his life, which he was not aware of. All that he had was a good habit of praying always. I mean, as you sit here this afternoon, you have no idea what conspiracy is being put together which is designed to lead to your death. You don't know it. Just like Daniel didn't know it. But thank God that he had a habit of prayer. And when we see how the whole story ends, you can see the wisdom in Daniel's daily prayer. It seems his prayer had worked. Because in the end, not many people will survive such a conspiracy. No, no. Something supernatural had to happen. Because into the lion's den, they put him. He actually went into the lion's den. But there's a difference between someone who goes into the lion's den praying every day or who has laid up a habit or has had a lifestyle of praying every day, three times, three times, three times. And I've realized that, you know, you, 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 you have to take the decision and decide that I'm going to pray every day. Even if it's not for a long time. Do you understand? Yes, because there's long prayer and there's also short prayer. <laughs> Do you understand? But prayer is very important. What is important is the quality time. It's the fact that time has been set aside for just talking to God. Something which it seems human beings are not supposed to survive without. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. Daniel was a busy person. Daniel was someone who had things to do. You get it? And that comes to the second point. No one is ever too busy, too blessed, or too successful to pray. So point number one is that prayer is very important. And point number two is no one is ever too busy, too blessed, or too successful to pray. I mean, think of someone like Daniel. Because he was one of the politicians, he was one of the leaders, government people, you know. I mean, government people, they work around the clock. Yeah. yeah. They work all the time. Very busy people. 
They can be on vacation and someone will go and shoot somebody somewhere. They have to make a speech from the beach. <laughs> yeah. You sneak onto a plane <laughs> and go to, where did Ted Cruz go? <laughs> he, he went to some Cancun, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you think nobody saw you. <laughs> Because you're wearing a cap or something like that. And they catch you and they bring photographs of you on the beach. (laughs) And they say, why are you having a vacation when something like that is going on? I tell you, such people are very busy. (laughs) But Daniel found time. Daniel knew it. That you can't be too busy to do this thing. You can't be too busy to do this thing. It's like saying that you're in such a hurry that you're not going to wear clothes. I need to catch my flight. I need to catch my flight. What time is the flight? Flight is 4.30. 4.30? Oh no! I need to go now! Naked! I need to go. Salom, you better put on your clothes. Are you understanding what I'm saying? See, there are some things you you just can't excuse it. It has to be done. And prayer needs to go into that category. Yeah, you can't ever say that you are so late that I, I, honestly, I I, I need to go to, or perhaps even go to work in your pajamas. (laughs) That's for working from home. Yeah. Working from home is where you wear your white shirt and you put on your tie on your pajamas. (laughs) Are you understanding the message? Are we going to put prayer in that category? Yeah. And we are talking about personal prayer. We're not talking about prayer meeting. What keeps you alive is not prayer meetings. Your personal prayer time is different from prayer meetings. Are you getting it? Yeah, like sometimes we have fellowship, we go to restaurants together and we eat together and so on. If, if we are good, Pastor Charles takes us to a nice place and, and, and you know, if we are good, if we are good. <laughs> Pastor Charles takes us to a nice place and he spreads us. But that's not what sustains us. What sustains us is the food we eat at home. Even sometimes after his spread, we go home and make sure it stays (laughs) by topping it up. Isn't it? We go home and cement it properly with something that is real. <laughs> In the same way, when the church organizes a prayer meeting, if we announce that we're having an early morning prayer or whatever, that's like Pastor Charles taking us out. <laughs> and it's great for an hour or two or something like that, but it's never meant to be a substitute for your daily eating, 
your daily, regular food that you eat every day in your own house. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Those of you who are wives, you better be careful that you're not fooled by one of these visits because you will see that after you've gone out with Pastor Charles and everything, you get home and you think you have the day off. (laughs) Yeah, you'll be surprised (laughs) that Pastor Charles' treats didn't go that far. You see what I'm saying? That there are eyes, the eyes of all wait upon thee. (laughs) There's still great expectation from you that you must deliver. Yeah. They'll ask, what are we eating tonight? And you respond, I I thought we just ate. Then you say, oh no. That was lunch. Delayed lunch. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. So church prayer meetings are not a substitute for our own personal engagement with God. Are you getting what I'm saying? And Daniel seemed to understand that. Amen? Daniel seemed to understand that. Daniel seemed to understand that prayer is important. Prayer is important. And number two, that no one is too busy to pray. That someone like me, someone who has a job with the government, someone who has to sign papers, someone who has to read legislation, someone who has to do all sorts of things, who has to travel to places and see the constituents and try to speak to people, sort out different situations. You know, Daniel knew all that. And he said, that is not an excuse for not praying. That you're not excused from prayer. You may have a long commute. It's not an excuse for not praying. You may have to leave home early. It is not an excuse for not praying. You didn't sleep all night because the kids were awake. It's not an excuse for not praying. There must be a reason why Daniel prayed three times. He probably didn't have enough time to pray one long prayer. That's possible. Because he would wake up at 6.30 or something and has to be on his way. So he might have prayed maybe for 15 minutes. And then somewhere around his lunchtime, he understood that prayer is still important. That the fact that I have so much to do doesn't mean I must not pray. So he would go into the second session of prayer. And then perhaps in the evening, he would go into the third session of prayer in order to pray enough. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. So we don't have an excuse. If we have this revelation, I think a lot will change in our lives concerning prayer. What do you think? Yes. Let's look at one more example of Jesus Christ and we can close on that one. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 and verse 32. You read Mark chapter 1 and verse number 32. Now, it says in Mark chapter 1 and verse 32, it says, And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased. 
and them that were possessed with devils. Can you see that? Verse 33. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And verse 35. And running, says, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Can you see that? He rose up a great while before day and went out, in, departed into a solitary place and there he prayed. Jesus understood that no one is too busy to pray. So he got up early and went to a quiet place to pray. Now think about it. If you look at what is happening before this verse, then he wasn't praying for attendance. Look at verse 33. All the city was already gathered unto him. So it was not because he was in need of attendance. It was not because he was praying for church growth. Jesus was not praying because a lot of people didn't come to church. We pray because, hey, a lot of people didn't come to church, Lord. Build your church, Lord. But Jesus is not in any such need. Neither did he pray because people needed miracles. Because in verse 34, he had already healed many that were sick of diverse diseases. And he had cast out many devils. And he suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. So he was not praying because devils were after him. We pray because devils are after us. We are suspicious that the devils are after us. <laughs> But Jesus had already chased the devils out of the place. So he wasn't praying because there was a need to deal with devils. So if you had no devils in your life, would that and should that cancel your prayers? It didn't cancel Jesus' prayer. The fact that there was a crowd already waiting for him to hear him preach and teach did not stop him from praying. It means prayer is not something we do because we have needs. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. While we may use prayer to communicate our needs to the Lord, our needs are not the reason why we must pray every day. Otherwise, when you come to a place where you don't really see any particular acute need for anything, then that will be the end of your prayer. Yes, and we all come to places like that. We all come to places where at some point, I mean, <laughs> there's no real, you don't have any particular need for anything. True or false? Yeah. There's no pinching need, as in there's no short-term need. Everything is okay. <laughs> Your gas tank is full, no matter what you paid for it, it's full. <laughs> and you finish crying over, oh, you've wiped your tears 
It's over. <laughs> it's only those who are heading to the tank after uh, to the pump after the service. They are the ones weeping. But for you, you had your crying in the morning. It's over. <laughs> are you understanding what I'm saying? So it seems that Jesus didn't have any of these needs. He had chased the demons out of the people. And yet the next morning, he woke up early. He woke up early and he went to pray because he had a certain understanding that prayer is not something that you are doing because you have some acute needs. Yes, you pray when you have needs, but that's not the only reason for prayer. Such that if there's nothing negative going on in your life, then you don't find a reason to pray. No. Prayer is not for that purpose. Hallelujah. I pray that God will give us an understanding like Jesus and like Daniel concerning prayer. Hallelujah. Rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there he prayed. There he prayed. Hallelujah. There he prayed. And if you look at the next verse, it says, and, and, um, and Simon and they that were with him followed after him. Now, if you go back quickly to um, the other one we read earlier, Luke chapter 6 and verse 11. It says, and they were filled with madness and communed with one another what they might do to Jesus Christ. Isn't it? And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Hallelujah. Yes. Now, you see, these are people. Here's another example of someone for whom trouble is brewing. Do you see? Yes. Trouble is assembling itself together. This morning, I heard Prophet talking about, he gave an example of somebody who was preaching, he had a church with, he said the overflow rooms were, were up to four or something like that, like the, about twice the size of the Kodesh, yeah. And the person had no idea that in just a matter of a few weeks, whatever is going to happen, it was going to happen and all of this is going to go away. Here is Jesus. He says that they, they what were they doing? They communed with one another what they might do to Jesus. Do you imagine that some people might be communing with one another as we speak? Yeah? Yeah? Yes. And some people, when they hear such things, they will say, no, God, God forbid, no. God does not necessarily forbid the communion. If he allowed the communing about Jesus Christ, then he could allow the communing about you. It is whether you have some prayer in place that neutralizes whatever their communion is about. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, God did not save Daniel from the lions. He went into the lion's den, isn't it? He went inside there. God did not spare Daniel the lion's den. He allowed him to go all the way. But Daniel had a prayer life 
that made him survive that. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. That in the end, it brought glory to God. In the end, more people were worshiping God than before. More people believed in God than before. So God obviously has his reasons. He has his plans and purposes. He has his reasons why he allows all these things. But for you to survive it, you need to be in prayer. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. One of the things Jesus taught us was to watch and pray. That is as it relates to temptation. He said we should watch and pray. Hallelujah. Yes. Sometimes we behave badly because we have not prayed much. The, the temptation took us by surprise. Or while we were in it, we were not prayerful. But if we would learn how to pray in the middle of the issues and while the things are coming up, it's just that some of the things, they don't permit you to pray during. <laughs> during. <laughs> yeah. What keeps you is your prayer before. <laughs> yeah. But once the thing starts, you don't even know what prayers to pray. Whether it's the Lord's Prayer <laughs> or God bless America <laughs> or God bless the Queen. <laughs> you don't know which one to pray. Hallelujah. I hope you have learned something today. What is the first point? Prayer is very important. And number two, no one is ever too busy, too blessed, or too successful to pray. Hallelujah. Say it again. Number one. Prayer is what? Very important. Number two. No one is ever too busy, too blessed, or too successful to pray. So what it means is if you're enjoying a time of quietness and some peace at this season, it doesn't mean you should not pray. You better start praying. Hallelujah. Because no one knows what the next season is going to bring. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The absence of strife issues doesn't mean prayer is not needed. Because Jesus didn't need, all the demons had been chased away the night before. And he still woke up the early in the morning to pray. So what was he praying about? Why the need for prayer when you have just had a breakthrough? May God give us an understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand to your feet and let's bring it to a close and we'll continue next time on this subject. Amen. Right. Bow your heads with me, everybody. Lift up your hands to the Lord and ask God to give you a revelation of prayer like Daniel, like Jesus Christ. Just say, Lord, I want to pray like Daniel prayed. I want to pray like Jesus prayed. 
I want the same revelation. Whatever Jesus knew that made someone like him who didn't need to pray, pray. I want you to reveal that to me. Reveal that knowledge to me. Reveal that understanding to me. And let me pray that same prayer. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just pray for a revelation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Just pray for a revelation. Yes. Yes, Lord. Just say, Lord, I realize there's something I don't know. There's an understanding I don't have. That is why I skip my prayer times. That's why I skip. That's why days and days and days can go by without me praying. That's why I have excuses for not joining prayer sessions and prayer opportunities. Because it seems there's something I don't understand. But I pray, Lord that you will give me understanding in the name of Jesus. Please give me understanding in the name of Jesus. Give me understanding, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Everybody pray and ask God for that understanding and say, Lord, give me understanding in the name of Jesus. Let the scales fall from off my eyes and help me to understand them. Help me, Lord, to understand. Give me a revelation. Yes, let a new day dawn in my prayer life. Everybody ask God for that. Just say, Lord, I want to get up on my own and pray. I want to go to places for the purpose of prayer. I want to go for prayer walks. I want to have seasons and moments and days even of prayer because I understand something that I didn't understand before. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Everybody pray. Pray for this and say, Lord, I'm praying for you to teach me how to pray. I'm praying for you to help make prayer important to me. I'm praying, Lord, that you will put prayer as a burden on my heart in the name of Jesus. Help me, help me, help me, help me, Lord, to rise up to it. Help me to see its importance. Help me to have an understanding for, of the need for prayer in my life in the name of Jesus. Everybody ask God for that blessing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Masha Katalaba Barama Shataria, Ikenemene Mekendaria Balababo Sheteli Bakanaria, Indoromusenderia Labashatare Balababa, Bikamalababaya, Mikuru Senderia Labashataria Labakandaria, Midoro Seteria Labababarabalabalabashatria Lababaya, Mikodo Shendelebe Kandaria Lababa. Midolo Shende Makuso Koto Labalaba Balabo Shendari Abalama Barabaya Yamolo Setelebe Kandari Alababaya in the name of Jesus 
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, oh God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for these principles of prayer in the name of Jesus. May we be transformed and may we be changed by them. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says amen. Amen. Now, before you sit down, I want to give you an opportunity if you're here and you know in your heart that you are far from God. You know in your heart that you have no relationship with Jesus. When we talk about prayer, one of the reasons why we don't pray is because we don't have a relationship with God. It is very difficult to pray to a God you don't know. A God with whom you have no relationship. It's like talking to a stranger. Hardly would anyone of us engage in a conversation with someone who is strange to us. But that is the nature of the situation between us and God. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to fix that relationship. And it begins by acknowledging that you are a sinner. The Bible says our sins separate us from God. As long as there's sin between us and the Lord, we will not be able to come close or draw near to him. Sin is a separator. Just like dirt separates dirty people from clean people. And I want you to come to the Lord today and say, Lord, I confess my sins. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. And I know that that is the purpose of the blood of Jesus. It washes away sins. It cleanses people from unrighteousness. And so, Lord Jesus, I come to you and I ask you to wash me. Let your blood wash me and cleanse me. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whether you're in the service right here or online or listening to the podcast, but you know in your heart that you're not saved. This is an opportunity to bring yourself close to the Lord and to come and benefit from the salvation that only he offers so if that is you today I want you if you're here you can raise up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you you want Jesus to come into your heart you want Jesus or you want to return to the Lord you want to say Lord I have strayed away and I know Lord that I am far from you but today I want you to bring me close to yourself. You can raise up your right hand and I'll pray with you. But if you're online, you can also stay right there and raise up your right hand and join this prayer as we pray to bring ourselves close to God and to be saved by the blood of Jesus. I want you to join this prayer. Everybody say this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus. Say it again, everybody. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. I know I am a sinner. I know I have sinned and fallen short of your standards. I 
know I have sinned and fallen short of your standards. But you gave Jesus Christ. But you gave Jesus Christ. Your only begotten son. Your only begotten son. To die for my sins. To die for my sins. So Lord Jesus. So Lord Jesus. Please come into my heart. Please come into my heart. Forgive my sins, Lord. Forgive my sins. Lord. Let your blood wash me. Let your blood wash. Let your blood cleanse me. Let your blood and make me a child of God. From today, I want to live for you, Jesus. Please count me among your children. Let your blood cleanse me and keep me in the faith. Please write my name in your book of life. Say, oh Jesus, please write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for including me. My name is, and mention your name. Thank you for including my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Everybody put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want you to turn to two or three people and just say to them, prayer is important. Prayer is important. Tell the person, prayer is important. Tell the person, I don't know how busy you are, but I just know that you are not too busy to pray. Tell the person, if you are too busy to pray, then you don't understand something about prayer. Hallelujah. Yeah. Just like if you met someone who said, I was too busy to put on my clothes, you will know immediately they are crazy. Isn't it? Yes, you would know, you would immediately conclude that no, you need to see a psychiatrist. From today, if you meet or find yourself too busy to pray, you know immediately you need a psychiatrist. Isn't it? Because there's something about prayer that you don't understand. Hallelujah.